Well, we're joined here by Will Duncan, son of a father, American citizen, and uh, high school graduate. High school graduate and uh, re former resident of V Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, well, my my first question is, based on our conversations, yeah, few and far between that they've been. You've been going nonstop. You've been you've been planning. You've been building. You've yeah. been slaving. How how do you stop? How do you stop that on a dime? And then go into this cerebral—I don't know if that's the right word—but the cerebral. Yeah, right. Ether, you know. You know, um, <coughs> I just went and uh, saw my doctor a little while ago, my uh, physician, you know, for a checkup. And uh, not your analyst. I mean, I, no, I, I, I enjoy my analyst. Not right, my but, analyst. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is physical doctor. Yeah, that's a Woody Allen line. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, so tell me what's going on in your life. I said, I'm just a mess. I'm like stressed out. Like, you know, I'm having insomnia, trouble sleeping. He knows that uh, what I do is I travel and teach meditation. But he, so he says, you know, listen, I think maybe you should, if you get stressed out, maybe you should take up this thing, meditation. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> no, he didn't yeah, say that. Totally. Was he joking? Yeah, he's just messing slapstick. with me. That's slapstick. Right there. So, yeah. so you know the the issue is it's true. My meditation is 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 falling apart, and he, and because my life is so stressful, because I'm trying to get into a meditation retreat, and it's uh, and I go nonstop. I haven't had a day off since June, and we're in December now. That means I haven't like had a whole, where I wake up, and I don't have to be somewhere, and I can just read and go to a movie that hasn't existed, <coughs> and. Um, it's been incredibly stressful, and there's a lot of my minute details that we don't need to get into, but of, of why it's been stressful. And, you know, we're trying to build cabins in the middle of nowhere. We're, you know, trying to get it funded. It's just a lot of detail. So, and I was just actually thinking of that. Like, what's going to happen? Like, basically, in uh, two weeks, I'm going to go from, and, and at the work site, I'm managing sometimes up to 30 people. Making sure everybody's got a project, they're still doing so I'm surrounded by people, lunch times are just a ruckus, you know. Right. And then I'm going from that and all family and friends are calling and checking in and helping from that to nothing. It's you know, it's, somebody said it's not the fall that kills you, it's a sudden stop. Yes. You know? And that, that, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah. mean, you you don't you don't I mean, I, I, I know that it's been listen, I can't imagine because <coughs> Well, this is going to be a hysterical interview, first of all. But the, the thing is that I can't imagine having to wake up every day with tasks that are that are not really necessarily for me. Yeah. That they're, they're, they're you're in collaborative works with other other types of people, and to say that you have why why can't you? Wouldn't it be important to give yourself some kind of time? prior to this, that drop dead date. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. And then and, and for people But you did go overseas. I mean, was, was that a was that a party or did you was that not because I know No, I was working the whole time every working day. Over, really? Yeah, yeah. No, rumors on the street were that it was just a, it was kind of it was, it was haphazard over there. Yeah, no, nothing, no, okay, not, nothing, <laughs> nothing like it. Uh, I was traveling with my teacher, Geshe Michael Roach, and uh, traveling with him is um, is brutal. Intensive. Intensive. Yeah. There's no free time. You know, I told him one time. I said, "Guess I didn't even have time to go to the bathroom today." <laughs> And he said, "Yeah, I have days like that too, you know. No, no sympathy, but um, yeah. So it's been it's been quite busy. But um, a couple of things, and 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 for people that have no idea what, what I'm doing, you know, we're doing a three year uh, meditation retreat, and there's going to be about maybe 25 of us going in, and we won't see each other, we won't talk to each other, we'll be solitary for those three years, three months, and three days." And it'll just be, and no books, no writing, no distractions, you know. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's, but so but here's the thing: is I just received my certificate of occupancy from the county, so I can now legally inhabit my meditation hut, which is basically a glorified gardening shed with some solar panels. Um, it's nice, but it's tiny, you know. What uh, is the square footage of it? It's 280 square feet. Hmm. So it's a, it's That's it's decent, but it's about the size of that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. The size of a, a little room that we're sitting next to, and. Um, but you know, like the the shower, I can, f- while standing in the shower, I can um, cook and wash the dishes in the kitchen sink, all from the shower. So it's you know it's small space, and then there's a space for meditation and yoga and uh, and sleeping. It's totally adequate, and it actually could be smaller. But but because I have the certificate of occupancy, I'm, it's still not finished, and so really the first three months are going to be finishing the house. So, can, so there is a project there. I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's physical a project. Work. There, I can legally inhabit it, but it's not livable. I got to paint the walls. I got to finish screwing stuff in and attaching things. You know, so the first three months are going to be, and I think it'll be helpful that I'll be doing some meditation. I will be totally alone at that point. You know? What I'm trying to say, but you, if you run into an issue. Uh, Logistically, with the, with the planning, you can't communicate with somebody. You have to do it on your own. No, I can. Well, I can communicate through. We'll have caretakers. Okay. And the caretakers will be taking notes from us, so I can even write like I need bok choy and uh, you know and Elmer's or you know duct tape or something <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. ABS. And they're going to go to the cement. Chinese store down the road yeah, in Wilcox, right? right? Yeah. That, that, the, the wonderful <laughs> Chinese grocery. So, um, so there'll be communication with caretakers and. Um, caretakers uh study on how to how to caretake a retreat because the mind goes a little bit crazy so you keep language down to a total minimal you don't chat on your notes like hey what's up or you know you don't use names or you just you keep it simple uh need bok choy and abs cement period and then i might get a note uh bok choys in your bin abs cement is coming tomorrow period no personal like how's it going right you don't, you don't even want to delve into the intimacy of it yeah. you get even because in- it can be quite distracting and it can be quite unnerving when you're alone for long periods of time uh, the mind gets a little bit crazy it gets, to be honest it gets a little bit paranoid uh, a little bit like just schizoid and um, and 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 uh, and so you don't want to get weirded out in notes and stuff like that so you, you basically just kind of keep to yourself okay there's a picture when I first came to the Rabbit Ranch, which is where Will resides, uh, although he won't be here for three years. Uh, there's a picture inside. I assume it, it's it's of your family. Yeah. It's it's odd uh, that it, that you're you're kind of I notice that you're kind of perched above on your you know, you're perched above them, uh-huh. sort of on your own plateau. Uh huh. And I, my I guess what I wanted to say is. The question I have is, when did you realize that you were different mm. from the rest of your family? Huh, that's interesting. The the idea... Yeah. Okay, now here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, this... All my interview is based on... I'm not expecting you to... to Brief, uh, brief break there. So, <laughs> uh, when do you realize that you were you're on your own there? I mean, you're you're sort of yeah, you're in the background. You have, have a, look. You, you, have a, you have a very sort of aloof is the wrong word. You have a very pleasant demeanor and and body language, but you are on your own. Where there's like a baby in the front, the family's kind of around, and you're kind of off in the and, and, yeah. And, and and I wonder. I say, when did you? know that you were veering off in some sort of different was there was there a turning point or i'm not sure but i you know as i've um 
getting ready for retreat, I'm throwing away all my pictures, all my letters, all my journals. You know, I'm getting rid of everything. And we just had a bonfire here in the yard the other day, the other morning, and I was throwing pictures out. And I came upon a picture of me and my family skiing. Uh, I, like in you know somewhere in Breckenridge or something, back and in like like when you were in, in like high school. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. And uh, I looked like a I looked. First of all, I I'm not a fashionable guy, or and I certainly wasn't back then. And I you know I looked like a total doofus. <laughs> I got the full balaclava. You know I'm functional versus fashion. You know? <laughs> so I want to be yeah. warm. And there's my brother looking good. Yeah. You know my sister's looking good, and I'm just looking like uh, you know. I'm looking pretty bad. Well, don't listen. You, you, you're being yourself. Yeah, right. And, right? Uh, I mean, you're being true to yourself. And suddenly it occurred to me. I, I, wrote, I told my brother. I said, "No wonder you guys like ditched me on the slopes. Like I wouldn't want to be seen with this guy either. Like you know, nowadays I'd be like, dude, you're 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 skiing alone. What a freak. <laughs> you know, I had like I had like heat warmers in my socks, and you know, anyway. But was that subconscious? I mean, did, did you? It, it did was you unconscious. I was okay, just, so you, it wasn't like you were like, yeah, I'm gonna go out look. I want to I want to look outlandish. The, no, you know, I just had. Just, no sense and and I was <laughs> and I was thinking the other day like um, I forget what came up but um, I you know we all think of ourselves as pretty normal because we're like the thing that we base normality on sure and something came up and I realized you know no wonder like my family thinks I'm a little weird like maybe I'm a little off kilter and I didn't realize it you know because I, I feel so normal to myself but I don't know at what point I first realized that I think um yeah, I don't know. I've always been, I'll tell you this, I've always been really, really, really sensitive. Like, I was always the kid that, I, I get really sensitive, and because of that, I would throw these temper tantrums, and I would flip out. Like, the kids would, like, threaten to, like, um, hurt an animal or something, and I would go uh, I would go crazy and start, like, throwing rocks at them or something. So I was the kind of kid that you could trigger pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, it's fun to watch somebody go crazy. So I would get triggered a lot and stuff, but I was always really sensitive. I think I felt things really strongly. How? Okay, but, but see, that is such an interesting <coughs> thing because I, I consider myself to be a very sensitive person as well, yeah. and not very good towards criticism of any of any sort. Yeah. And especially from people that I'm close to, and I tend to I, I tend to get neurotic about it. And to me, I don't. I mean, I don't sense that with you. I mean, you have dropped that. I'm not saying that you're a because you're you're a you're 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 an approachable, affable person. Yeah. Obviously, ornery during 110 degrees in Diamond Mountain. I get, yeah. You know, I get that. Yeah. But why? But that doesn't you you don't strike me as that kind. I mean, that's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, as far as what I, I guess, if you're sensitive, but you weren't insecure though. No, it was not an insecurity thing. A different thing. Just sensitive and. Uh, because I mean, when I think of sensitive, I think you don't you doubt yourself. So when yeah. someone goes after you, you get angry. You throw a t- you get angry. Yeah. You know no. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't an insecurity thing. It was just a easily pushed over the edge of um, like an open wound. You know, like it, it just it feels things deeply. But but also the uh, probably the biggest thing in my life was my um, my parents were uh, obviously a big influence on me. My mom had a little bit of a breakdown when I was at a young age and um, she realized she wanted like a, a deep religious life or a spiritual life you know and felt claustrophobic in her kind of well, was she a stay at home mom or was yeah she was a stay at home yeah, mom yeah. So in she, a, in she, a was, very, she was void of any real creative she yeah, had nothing in there. a typical 60s 70s you know right. this is what a wife does and, and so she was breaking down a little bit and then um, 
Was your dad was receptive to that, or was he sort of out? In it? Was he out of touch with that? He or? was. He was a little bit out of touch with it. They ended up getting a divorce. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, but it was a very uh, amiable divorce. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then, and, and my mom started bringing interesting people into the home, uh, interesting religious people, and um, so that had a big influence on me. Um, uh, and then right around that time in fifth grade, I broke both my legs. How did that happen? Uh, skiing. Of course. You know, my yeah, brother and the, sister leg ditched warmer, me, and I was all alone <laughs> yeah. up there. And I decided, Double black diamond, yeah. you're flying down the van. And I decided to try some tricks, and the, and the bindings were too tight, so I, I fell really fast. The question, the question, the question I have is, um, you know, when when they found you incapacitated, you know, with the broken yeah. leg, your brother's like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what be. Yeah. So I, so anyway, I spent a long time in bed by myself and that was a big switch for me how old do you remember were you 14 or uh, yeah so fifth grade so what is that like 14 or something yeah that's well, about 13 13 years yeah ago. yeah so um and that was huge because i ha i suddenly had to like i was just still you know and right. that was the first time i was really forced to be like still and i slowly like my friends lost interest in me because you know they want to hang out and play you know when you're 13 you don't really want to like sit by somebody's bedside and, yeah like, you don't have the, you have no and this was pre-video games so we couldn't like play nintendo you know it's just <laughs> i mean we had pong but that you know and it's huge it was just like atari a, or, yeah, yeah. Doot, doot, doot. so you know it's only so so you know so much fun after a while they're like okay well we don't we're kind of gonna we're gonna keep gonna get out of here. Yeah, so it was <laughs> like it was like later. So I was just really alone a lot, and uh, I could my school didn't have an elevator, so I couldn't go to school. So they sent a private tutor, and uh, and he was extraordinary, and he started instilling this passion for learning, and then soon after that, um, I met what I consider to be my heart lama or my spiritual teacher, and this was a man uh, who had an ashram in North India. Um, and um, he ended up staying in my house in Greenwich, Connecticut. That was somebody that your mom brought into the house? Yeah, basically. Oh, wow, yeah. so she was open-minded in her spirituality. Yeah, it wasn't like she was in a fundamentalist kind of no, rage or anything like no. that. Yeah. And, um, and he was, uh, he was uh, an interesting mix between Christian and Hindu. That's um, a very interesting. Mix yeah, right there. it was fascinating. So, um, yeah. but 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 he was he was the zyke, he was kind of the the catalyst. Yeah. So at that age, he started teaching me meditation. At that age, also, I was experimenting a lot with uh, with drugs, um, and and I was always my experimentation with drugs was not so much to party, was because I was interested in what was happening in my mind, you know. So there was some hallucinogenics, and 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 I had some beautiful things happen, uh, and then he started teaching me meditation, and. Um, I realized that I smoked pot. Uh, I smoked a good amount of pot when I was younger, and I realized, and I think almost because he was a mirror, um, that uh, that I was I was getting in a sense I was getting dumber, and I wasn't realizing it, and I could see it through his eyes somehow. So anyway, I had some very strong experience when I was quite young, and I became sober completely, and uh, just devoted myself more seriously to meditation. And what he did is he started teaching me scripture. So we'd go down in my bedroom and um, and we would just read scripture. We'd read Buddhist, Hindu, Christian, um, and we'd just go through these different scriptures and talk about what was being said in the scriptures. And and what was some, what, can you just name like one or uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, a, like couple, the, a couple of, of of ones that stand out. That yeah, like the big one he taught me was a scripture called the Katha Upanishads. Uh, and the Upanishads are the old, old, you know, uh, Hindu writings. And um, 
And he was also a big fan of the Bhagavad Gita, another great Hindu text. So we'd just go in there and we'd explore. You know, Bhagavad Gita is all about, um, you know, it's all about how to act without being attached to the results of your actions. Uh, how to act just from this uh, pure place of um, devotion and stuff. So, you know, we explored a lot of these texts and we basically he would propose problems to me or questions. He said, I don't know, you know, what do you think? Like, what do you think Arjuna should do here? You know, and then we just talk about it. It was a beautiful way of studying. His ashram eventually moved to Canada. Um, and then so I started to go up there when I could on holiday breaks and stuff like that. East Coast Canada or West Coast? East Coast Canada. Is it Toronto area? Yeah, about uh, three hours uh, east of Toronto. Okay. A little town called Deseronto in Napanee. Uh, they've been moved two different times. Would you would you drive through Niagara Falls to get up there? No, I'd fly to Toronto and then take a bus. Right on. Okay, right on. So, um, But, I mean, he, he really... I guess the thing that... This is so interesting because it's so nice to fill in some of the puzzle pieces is that... This is not. This has been a venture from a, a, for a long time. It's your been, foundation was built. Yeah. You had major people in your life from an early age. Not yeah. not not super young, but but actually at a perfect age because cognitively you were just becoming aware. You yeah. know, at an earlier age you might have passed you by. Yeah, no, it was perfect. You it, know? the 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 synchronicity was incredible. You know, he came into my life right at the exact moment that would have been most beneficial for me. And he showed up in my living room in Greenwich, Connecticut, wearing robes. And, you know, it was like, it was just bizarre. He was Oxford educated and deeply, deeply uh, committed to a deep spiritual life. Maybe one of the most deepest practitioners I've ever met in my life. Um, and he's just a constant inspiration. He just passed a few years ago. Oh. And I went and visited him right before he passed and um, had an ex exquisite time. But... Uh, so, yeah, so that was really the formation. And then I got, you know, was a lot of what I did after that was under his guidance. And one of the first things I did when I got my driver's license, which was like 16, 17, is I started spending my weekends at Zen Mountain Monastery in, up, in upstate New York. Where is, what part of New York is It's that? like near Woodstock. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Mount Tremper. And, yeah. uh, so I would do these, you know, two-day meditation retreats there in, in the Zen tradition. And uh, so I got interested in Zen, and then uh, and then my teacher suggested I study with the Tibetan Buddhists, and I did that. And then he suggested I go try to live with the Trappist Cistercian Benedictine. So I went and lived at the Abbey of Gethsemane for a season, and so you know a lot of it was just his kind of recommendations. And then he even suggested I work with developmentally disabled people. And uh, his reasoning was interesting. He says because they are they are very they're so pure. <laughs> they're, no, that's what I do. Know? That's yeah, what I do. I know. You know yeah. that's so great. And, uh, and he, so. <laughs> he and he said, you know, the difference between um, mentally ill and developmentally disabled is mentally ill they're they're, they're deceptive, mm -hmm. right? Right, right, right. But developmentally, yeah, yeah, developmentally yeah. disabled, there's no deception. They'll just tell you like something they're about to do. Right. You know, they're like, right. you know, a mentally ill person will like will say, "Hey, look over there," and then hit you in the back of the head. Right, right, right. A development disabled person will say, "In a second, I'm going to hit you in the back of the head." Right. You know, there's no. And he said, he said or they're convinced that that like where I work at the Arizona State School for the Deaf and Blind, I have a student who who believes that ASTB is is illegal and is going to go away, and he'll tell you that every single day. Yeah, right. You know, but but I mean, the point is, there it's it, there's no there's no yeah. there's no wall. Yeah. It's just right broken down and. And you you can guarantee that there's no decep deception to it. Yeah, they're not they're not they're, they're not cognitively able to be deceptive. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And so that was a couple of years study in purity, really, and how to have a pure heart. 
and he and it was interesting. I didn't realize what he was doing at first, but he, he kept saying, "You got to go work with." Did you do that? Yeah, I did. Where did you go? Well, the first time, uh, where did, the first place I worked was um, in Connecticut. So I went back home. I worked in Connecticut for a little while, and then I moved to San Francisco. And uh, I worked in San Francisco. I had an amazing job of teaching development and disabled people how to use the public transportation system. Hold on a second. How these? Okay. That's insane because I mean, in in, in, in visual impairments, there's a whole no, not visual. No, no, though. I know yeah, that, yeah. but I mean, okay. but, but but part of there's two sections. You can be a teacher of the visually impaired, and you can also be a mobility instructor, which is basically teaching the blind how to travel. Yeah, right. <coughs> using the cane, using the buses or subways when you were in an urban environment. Yeah. So you're talking about kid people that were mentally retarded, or you, yeah, what, mentally what kind of, retarded. Okay, so yeah. low functioning, low functioning, but but able had good vision. And you were able vision to, was fine, and you were yeah. able to do like simple money math with them, get them on the Bart rail, exactly. Yeah, okay. And and you know, and then I would have a client for a little while, and then the final test would be I had to disguise myself so they didn't know I was there. For example, I worked with this one Iranian man, and um, a big guy. He's probably like six four, brute. Yeah, yeah. a huge guy, and he, <laughs> he, he spoke Farsi. Not many people spoke Farsi. <laughs> this is so great. And his Farsi was rough anyway, you yeah. know. And uh, and so you know, so finally, I had to. The way I had to test it was I had to disguise myself and get on the same bus stop as him. And you know we're the only two people at the bus stop usually, so you know. So I'm like, I, I did my best as disguise, and it actually worked. He didn't know who I was, and he. Oh, so you had to actually just pretend you weren't there, and yeah. then to prove that he, because that's that's, what, that's yeah. what a lot of the instructors of the blind school do yeah. too. You know, they they'll they'll follow in a car behind the yeah, bus. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and then you know, and so we're the only two people on the bus. But and he looked at me a couple times, but he finally I, I I won him over, and he realized he didn't think I was who I was. Oh, this and, is this is. Uh, and we didn't speak the same language, so I couldn't tell him, hey, tomorrow you're on your own or nothing like that you know he was just like he was expecting me there and he almost didn't get on the bus because he didn't see me you know and then I followed him and then I did that for a couple days and then you know I took off my disguise and like tried to say goodbye and that was it so that you know and then I move on to another client and then I did similar work also in Prescott Arizona uh, so I, I did a but you you and your and your and your your mother at this point was ex totally fine with the direction your life was headed I mean there was no guilt there was, I mean, no, no. Yeah. Well, I should say, first thing that <laughs> happened was uh, I graduated high school. I had a yeah. That, no, that was one thing that, that Will Duncan graduated yeah, high school. That was, that was big. He's huh? an American citizen, <laughs> and he graduated high school. Let's be very clear about also that. Also, the son of a father. The son of a father. That is the oh yeah. my god. So but, that's uh, the new line, dude. But so in high school, oh. I took uh, I took a sociology class. And we studied role loss, right? And mm -hmm. role loss is like you become a father and then your kids leave and then you become a businessman and then you retire. So retirement age, this kind of depression sets in because you no longer have the roles that defined you. Oh like God. you lose those roles that you based your identity on. So I became obsessed with this in 11th grade. And, uh, and and as 12th grade rolled around, I was still obsessed with it. Thinking obsessed about it. in the sense, because how, you, you had nothing, you, you were not living that life. How, how I was, though, because my role was a high school student, my role was a musician, my, you know, I, all these little roles that we define ourselves by was my family, my possessions. I always, I always have been highly attached to material things. Really? Highly. You've seen my room. It's filled with uh, musical instruments. I mean, yeah, I got tons uh, yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I guess it's just what you're really materialistic about bad i mean i you know yeah. I, I guess the reality is that so you're saying that to me that you you were kind of obsessed with it because you felt that 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 you were going that you were falling into a depression did you feel no like, no no okay. no i was just fat so here's the thing yeah. i was fascinated with what i was outside of my roles 
I was like, there must be some essential nature to who I am. It could because I can't. I'm obviously not like just the roles that I associate myself with. So we started studying role loss, and I was starting to obsess about it, thinking about, well, what am I? Like, who am I outside of all these roles? So I decided to impose role loss on myself as an experiment. Okay. See what I mean? I decided. So so I started to figure out like how could I take away? How could I impose role loss on myself? prematurely and do it in, in a kind of laboratory setting and right. watch what happens in the mind. Hard to do, yeah, hard, very easy to, yeah. okay, how did it work out? So what I did was I told my mom and dad I wasn't going to college and I told them I was just going to go hitchhike around the country and I told them I wasn't going to call, I mean it was mean and I wouldn't do it again and you know it was, it was hard on my parents but I told them I might not call them. I mean, imagine if your if your child's you know at age seventeen, eighteen. Uh, my parents wouldn't. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't. My parents would be would be heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Not not angry. I mean, it yeah. just they would have been distraught. No, it was difficult. <laughs> um, but it, but it, uh, but it's important. So and you had good relationships with both your parents. I did. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little rocky with my dad sometimes, but pretty good. I mean, minorly, really good. Right. All right. So. So I saw at that point I had tons of possessions. Okay, in terms of vinyl, oh. I had five hundred albums, um, and they were prizes. Yeah, I mean they're treasures, the incredible original pressings, yeah. mint condition, all this oh, great stuff. God. all the old like stacks recordings. Oh. I mean incredible stuff, right? And I was highly attached to every album. <laughs> this is Will Duncan, by the way, dude. We're having a great time, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> so I was highly attached to all my musical. Anyway, so I, what I did was you I sold all the I stacks. I sold everything. That's that is that that in itself is a is is yeah. just a breakthrough. And uh, you know, I think out of kindness, my stepdad bought a bunch of them and it came back to me later. Some of them were in the kitchen there. But uh, and then my brother bought my whole CD collection, like, and I didn't realize it, but just out of kindness, because he thought I would miss it. But then it got stolen out of. <laughs> his frat house <laughs> so we lost that anyway it's great to have the family support everyone needs to be subsidized somewhere yeah, of you course know? of you know? course i can't do any of this but the point it. is they, they knew they knew it was coming from your heart it wasn't yeah. some it wasn't some bogus scam no, it wasn't and nobody and they you were on a journey and they yeah. respected that they because they i'm telling you will the, the the reality for me is the questions that i have as we continue on it's it, it's the the, the 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 issue here for me is that I look at your mission okay and, and and you know I was talking with Neil about it the other day is that I I look at it as purely hedonistic uh-huh right. okay yeah okay I and he was like he's like you're you're fucking crazy you know yeah, you're, right. you're you're totally misinterpreting it but what I'm saying is and I, I don't want to go through the but but what I'm saying is the whole idea of letting go, of yeah. just the idea of saying <coughs> that that this is. I guess this will lead into the next question: is that is that okay? How I want to make sure this comes out right. I'm trying to get to the crux of this. I'm always trying to give myself space yeah. in my life, you know, yeah. with my wife and my child. I mean, my marriage is is, is, is good, but it's I mean, it, we, we we it's it's a tussle. Yeah, and we have this beautiful daughter. I mean, it, you know, it was a blessing. I don't know, you know, how it all occurred, but it did. Yeah, you know? and and <laughs> um, I'm looking for freedom. I'm always looking to escape. Mm -hmm. I want to escape. I want to have my own time. Yeah, I cherish my own time because I love myself. I mean, yeah. I, I inherently love. 
Oh, I see what you mean being, with the being, whole hedonism thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, being by myself. So, <coughs> so inherently, I. But again, I feel guilty because I can't communicate that with my wife necessarily. Yeah. And I also know that I have other responsibilities, and you know, I guess it was. I look at it and I say, Will, you know, I, you know, I don't know you that well, and I love you, and I talk to other people too, and they, they are, you know, they get very attached to you, you know. And the question I have is, is, you know, don't you feel like, like in some way, you're actually saying to them, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing my own thing, yeah, and, right, and, and I'm, I'm shutting you, not shutting you out, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm no. out, no, I know and, and, and like, don't you feel some response? Is there a guilt? Because I mean, I would feel that in some ways, I'm like, I'm, I'm almost kind of angry, yeah, and that's where my, my head is right now, and that's why I know that your heart is the, 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 the pure heart thing is what I want to talk about because I feel that, that. Like, I'm almost sort of like, that sucks that he's leaving for three years. I won't see him for, you know, it's like my issue. Yeah, right. It's my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, you know, and there's got to be a lot of other people that feel that way because I, you know, we're not even that, you know, we're not even super, that, super tight. Yeah. So, I mean, please extrapolate on that. I was, uh, I was teaching class tonight. One of, one of the students came up afterwards and they said, uh, you know, I was thinking about blowing up your meditation hut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you yeah. know where this is coming from. Yeah. And, he's not, said, yeah. and he's like, uh, it's a good thing I don't know where it is because I had some serious considerations of setting out on fire. Because um, I told him if I don't get it done by the thirtieth, I can't go in. And you know, he's so, like, great. I'm, I'll yeah, just let like, me know where it like, is. I'll, 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 you know, I'll bring in yeah. dynamite that thing. But it's um, here's the thing. It's, I, and what you're saying in terms of your family and stuff and needing time away, that's a totally different quality than what we're talking about. Yes. Here. I, you know, uh, I'm also in a relationship. I need my space, and but I also love being around people. I like hanging out with people. We, uh, bypass all of that. We're talking about a completely different thing with meditation retreats. It has nothing to do with needing your space and wanting little time alone. Uh, it's 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 hell. Uh, and and again, pe when people think long-term meditation retreat, they think like, wow, that's great. I would have some free time and I would do some journaling and I would take up a hobby and for about 15 minutes. Yeah, and I would play some music. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's none of that in retreat. There's no journaling, there's no reading, there's no playing music, there's no uh, listening to the radio. There's you and your mind and there's no distractions. And um, it's hell, you know? It's like, there's, it's, it's unpleasant. And people, if you, if you don't think it's unpleasant, try sitting in a comfortable chair uh, for three hours with no distractions. Nothing, you know? To, to unplug the phone, turn off the stereo, and say, okay, I'm not going to move for three hours. And, and you realize really quickly that, that it's unpleasant. There, there's an unpleasantness. Because, because we're covering up all the things that we don't want to have to deal with, with all the distractions and the noise and stuff. So, you know, I'm not going into that blankly. I mean, I have practices to do. I understand uh, a little bit of what happens to the mind in solitude. Not a lot. But, um, you know, I, I'm going in there with a regiment, but it's not like I need space and I'm trying to be alone. I'm going in there trying to do specific things. I'm trying to have a, a um, you know, a, a, have a specific practices. And, and to be honest with you, I don't... Can you, can you just talk about one of the specific... I'd like to know one thing that you want to, you know, focus on. Yeah, there's a... Well, there's a whole thing called prana, right? And in... Uh, in um, Chinese, they call it qi. And, and now it's becoming a little more mainstream in this culture, right? Because we go even to a hospital, uh, a mainstream hospital, and they have acupuncture in, in some hospitals. And, and all acupuncture deals with is the movement of subtle energy in the body. 
So if you, and most of us, many people don't believe in subtle energies or, you know, weird stuff like that. Um, it's becoming more apparent. It's becoming more accepted in this culture because of things like acupuncture and stuff, because people see that it actually has an effect. Uh, sure, if it's positive. Yeah, yeah, and yoga obviously has an effect on people. And, and you, all yoga is is dealing with the same subtle energy. They call it prana. Uh, the Native um, Americans, I forget which nation, they called it arendra. The, uh, the ancient Germans called it ud. In Chinese, it's chi. In Japanese, it's ki. In Sanskrit, it's prana. And it's all talking about the same thing. It's a subtle energy that moves throughout the body. Um, that energy travels in different channels. Depending on the channel it travels in, it has a, a drastic effect on what's happening in your mind. So a lot of the practices we're doing is first becoming acquainted with prana and then learning how to channel it in ways to open the heart and open the minds. And uh, we're trying to have a spe we're trying to have specific experiences um, in the mind which cause permanent cessations for things like irritability, anger, stuff like that. And we're trying to have a, a and it's a little hard to explain in a in a real quick uh, uh, quick way, mm -hmm. but we're trying to um, change the f basic nature of the heart. So I mean, you're 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 med you're in in your space yeah. you know come three four months from now yeah and you feel irritable or yeah. angry which comes up so strongly in retreat I can't even I you don't even you don't even know the no, extent, I don't. I don't. I, I, the, I, I, no the extent of your anger until you do a retreat and man it comes up but the difference is now in my day-to-day -day life I can be angry at my housemates or my, my partner, my girlfriend or my parents. But when you're in retreat, there's nobody to direction at. And you're, you're screwed. You're like, damn it. Somebody take responsibility for my anger. You know, you go crazy. But are you are, like, but when you're in, when you're, when you're, in, you're uh, are you, is there anger towards the idea that you made the decision to do this? I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, there's anger towards everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, anger comes up because normally, normally there's an antecedent. I mean, yeah, I'm right. only I'm only in a special ed here, yeah, but it's like yeah. there's normally an antecedent. Like if it's your if it's your spouse or your girlfriend or yeah. you know, you're you're pissed at them because of something. Yeah. But then when you're just by yourself, it's manifesting solo. Yeah. So therefore, it's it's sort of you know these machinations come about. Yeah. But you don't necessarily have a target per se. And you know? here's the thing, and the teachings are they're obviously they're very deep and they're they're not easily comprehended. But there's a there's an ancient Buddhist teaching that says that um, anger exists before the object of anger presents itself. Say it one more time. It says anger or we could take any emotion. Desire exists before the object of desire. So let's say I see a beautiful woman and then I feel desire, right? This teaching is saying actually the desire existed before the beautiful woman appeared. That you, what's happening is you're having almost, you could almost think of it as like a neural pathway for desire. And then you're just looking for something to place that on. Or you have mm -hmm. a, you have a, a pranic pathway for anger. Uh, and they say prana is actually running through the right hand channel. The, the pingala, right? They call it the pingala channel. You have prana moving to that channel, and that's making you irritable. And then you're uh, attributing the irritableness to somebody, mm -hmm. and you think that it's coming from that person when it's really coming from you being projected out. And there's a basic um, perceptual shift that we're trying to trigger. And that's that shift from thinking that things are coming at you as opposed to coming from you. 
and all the deep teachings, and I found this to be true in my own life in, in meditation retreats when I can see a little bit clearer, is that, that things are actually coming from you, not at you. The, and, and it's the difference between, say, um, say somebody intentionally runs over your foot in their car. I'm the kind of guy, I will never forget that person. You know, I'll see him in 20 years. I'll be like, there's that guy that ran over my foot. Man, you know, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but now imagine the same pain from like stubbing your toe really badly. You forget about it within an hour. It's, it's over. Because it was it's brought on by yourself. Yeah, because it was brought on by yourself. And, 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 and the teachings say that, in fact, that's true of everything. And as soon as we realize that, we're free of the burden of. Um, blaming the world for things that happen to us. Um, there's a lot to be said about that, and it gets into minute detail. No, I, I'm really feel. I feel it very. I know what you're doing. And and, and and the thing that people get hung up on, especially when they're new to this idea, is try, and well, is that true or is it not true? Or you know, what about bad things that happen to you know good people? Or and and the and the, the way I say is, first approach it. Just try to live that way and see if it. Forget about if it's true or if it's not true. Does it function? To make you a happier person to think that way does it function to make you a happier person and you, you we're getting into the realm of karma and karma is highly misunderstood in this culture so I'm, I'm hesitant to even talk about it or go there but the question i would like you to I, I actually yeah, uh, we might take a quick break i just gotta right. go to the bathroom uh, quick break we'll be back in two minutes we'll be right, right back all right we're at the 37 minute mark of set one <laughs> um so okay, let's uh, let's. Uh, I want to talk about the way karma is is in uh, is interpreted in our culture, the way it's 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 sort of drawn out, and how how you see it. Well, the main thing is we we we're we're in a Judeo-Christian culture. There's guilt, and there's a notion of a like a god, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just overlay karma onto that, you know. Like there was a show, My Name Is Earl, which was this guy that suddenly believes in karma and. Yeah, I, remember, I remember I saw a scene one time. I mean, that shows a great description of how we misunderstand karma. But it's, um, he gets stung by a bee at one point, and he's like, damn you, karma. You know, it's still something out there. And uh, the way you can think about karma, it's just simple like seed planting. Like every thought you have, every moment you have a thought, you're planting a seed. That seed is going to ripen into how you experience the world, period. It's, it's simple in that way. Um... The thing, uh, just to just to uh, take it a step deeper, the thing that people get caught up with with karma is that it's like the good or bad things that happen to you. In fact, karma is like this fabric that's overlaid over all of reality. So, for example, we're sitting at a picnic table outside in Tucson, Arizona, at nighttime. In this picnic table, there's a knot in the wood. You see that there? Now, that knot in the wood is a result of your karma. Now we'd say, like, what do you mean? Like, what seed did I have to plant to, you know, to experience that? It's not a negative or a positive thing. It's mm -hmm. just a, it's just part of the fabric of reality. Mm -hmm. So, so karma is incredibly a difficult concept to understand. I don't have a, any inkling of it. I don't even believe in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, and I'm trying to develop some faith in it. Um, and I have a feeling that there's something like my my version. My feeling is that you know, and, and this is so juvenile, but it's like you know, you'll you'll smoke a cigarette here, and my first inclination is to flick it, you know, yeah, in, right. in, into the brush because it's tobacco and it will disintegrate. 
I'm like, you know, this is a this is a this is a tribal place. This is a place I come for peace of mind. It's an escape. Yeah. And I need to walk over to that 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 uh, that that uh, com- compost area and dump yeah. it in there because yeah. you know what? If I throw, that's desecration by by littering on here. Right. That's how I look. At, I mean, that's how I see. You know, in the simplest, I I, I feel. Again, this might this this you might, I might connect with you on this. I feel like when your intentions are pure, yeah, that's when karma is is heightened, you know. But when you when when there when there's a when there's a subset and there, or, there, or there's a deviant or there's some kind of uh, 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 preconceived notion, yeah, karma's lessened at that point. But when something is when you're doing something from your heart. That's when karma is elevated. I, that could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, then, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. And the, the just the language of elevated and heightened is a, it's it's not a, karma is not something that's heightened or elevated mm-hmm. or lessened. Karma is just the fabric. It's like the matrix. You know, in that sort of what just surrounds us. It's at all. just it's what just, surrounds us the all knot, the time. It's the knot right in this table. It's a not. Um, it's not a uh, <clears throat> negative or a positive thing. It's just every mental thought we have, and they say uh, sixty-five a second. We're planting mental seeds. Every single one of those will then ripen into how we experience, and like seeds will have like results. So to keep it simpler, um, yeah. If I and what you say is true, intention is is everything. You know? Yes. If I'm like uh, like just today, I caught myself um, delighting in somebody else's misfortune. I have a vow not to do that, but it's incredibly hard. When you look at the mind, the subtle mind, every time somebody has misfortune fall upon them, there's a little part of the evil mind, you know, the demonic mind that's like, ah, good. Even if it's somebody you like, it's some, if you really yeah, like, want like, sc- like He got screwed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nah, nah, Glad it wasn't me. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just watching my mind do that today. So every time I have that thought, mm. I'm I, what I'm doing is planting the seeds for somebody else to rejoice in my misfortune. Wow. Which means that I will just... But I don't see that. That, that seems counterproductive. I mean, to be yeah, honest with you. I thought you were going to say something like, I, I'm trying to consciously work my way back from that. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to have those thoughts. Yeah, but... but because <laughs> I don't want people to think negatively about me when misfortune happens to me. I want people to, like, have concern about me. Right. And because I don't want that, and because I know I have a belief system that that's actually where that's coming from, uh, is because I planted similar seeds then I'm going to simply try to not have those thoughts. And, and I fail most of the time, but I'm making effort slowly, a deliberate daily effort to be a kinder person for two reasons. One, because I want my heart to be more open. I want to be free. And two, because I don't want to suffer. You know, And, I, and, I, and the more I have gained faith in karma, the more I realize that the whole world is coming from the seeds I plant in my own mind. So for example, like let's say stealing. You know, so all uh, you know, we have this notion like, oh, I'll take something. If I don't get caught, no big deal. Mm. You know, and the thing with karma is there's a time gap, and that's why nobody believes in karma. Nobody believes in karma because if you really believed in karma, your life would look drastically different. It My would, life, how would, would be, it, how would it look different? I would never be dishonest, even subtly dishonest, just straightforward. Because any subtle dishonesty will just come back to me as dishonesty. Right. Right? It, it, I would never harm another being because that would come back towards harm towards me. I, you know, I would live a drastically different life. It would be moral without willpower. See, right now I have to apply willpower to everything. Like Will, you, Will Duncan power. Yeah, Will Duncan. It's like, <laughs> like flicking the cigarette. There's a part of the, the back of Jake's mind that's like, all right, I probably shouldn't do that. Well, you actually, know? you know, the whole thing that, that's crazy <coughs> is that I'm, I'm, what I'm looking at is, is it, this is so... 
well, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> the, the idea, I'll flick it, and I'm like, maybe Neil will notice it, and it will piss him off, and I can yeah, revel right. in that. You yeah, know, right, there's, exactly. There's, whole, there's, 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 a, yeah. there's an impetus behind flicking yeah, of course. it, you know, to try to, get, to try to get a rise out of somebody. Yeah. To say, I'm still there, dude. You know, I'm still yeah. the, the needle, the needle, you know, I'm sort of the, you know, the, I'm just going to always kind of needle you, but but at the same time, I'm like, that's diabolical. You know, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because that's the human mind. Uh, we're all that way, you know, and it's possible to, it's possible <laughs> we're to break that way. I love it. But the thing is, it doesn't function in the way we think it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think like, all right, I'm going to needle, you know, yeah. Neil, and I'm going to get a reaction yeah. out of this guy. Meanwhile, he's not going to ever find it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like all that's happening is you're planting the seeds for somebody to trigger you. Oh, okay. Now it, now it's crystal. I mean? It's beginning to crystallize. So it's, it's beginning to crystallize. This is such a therapeutic experience. <laughs> it's, you got to take too. It's a whether, whether Neil gets upset or not yeah. is based on the seeds he's planted in the past. Oh, so this is so insane, dude. Karma is in the fabric. <laughs> I am gonna take this. This is so therapeutic. Just for the record, my for my listeners, my my, my loyal listeners, this is so therapeutic for the host. I, I mean, this is important in the therapy long, with Jake. If there, you know, it's, it's it's important to understand that 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 there are that it's all sort of stuff that that already occurred in the from the from the time before from yeah, the time from before. the past yeah uh, we uh, we say that uh the trying to deal with your day-to-day life in the moment is like trying to deal with hard cement it's settled already what's going to happen to you today is already set you have no control over it you planted those seeds in the past and it's going to happen right the only thing you have control over is what's going to happen in the future based on how you react today. But most of our energy is spent trying to change what's happening right now. Like how long, I just, just curiously, how long have you been uh, in, a, in an internal debate about karma? I would assume that would have come up when, in the earliest of... of, te- of yeah, your- I would say it's been probably more seriously in the last uh, 12 years struggling with it and yeah. um and the thing that happens in retreat is you start to realize that karma is actually true and it's a lot deeper than you think it is and the more you have the more I, the more you realize that it's true the less willpower you have to apply my whole goal is to remove willpower from the spiritual life because willpower will always fail because uh you know like let's say i try to apply willpower to not eat uh so much chocolate all I'm doing is I'm creating a tension to make that chocolate that much tastier when the resolution of that tension comes. You know, will, willpower is designed to fail. Uh, and, and I see people just, like, kick themselves over and over because they're, like, failing in things. But you can, the way to remove willpower is with realizations, mm. with having a direct experience. For example, when we first touched the stove as kids, our parents told us not to touch the stove, Right. They said, don't touch that stove. You told your daughter that, you know, when she's little. But there's like, you're drawn to it, right? Because you don't have a realization of what... Um, it happened the other a, night. What a burn feels exactly. like. Hannah goes, why, 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 why can I touch it? You yeah, know? right. She wants, so bad, yeah. want, she doesn't understand why it's not... Yeah. You know, we say no, but until you actually have that physical exactly. connection, then you, then you actually say, well, okay, now I understand. So she has to use willpower to not touch a stove. <laughs> and that's what we're applying with with morality. Five year olds have no willpower. Yeah, right. And, uh, and, and it turns out neither do we. Yeah. But, uh, so we're using exactly. We, we don't either. Do we? We're using willpower to be moral. But as soon as we finally touch a stove and we're like, oh, we have a realization 
as soon as there's a realization, and that's just what they call it in spiritual jargon, right? A realization, then willpower is removed. You don't at that point after your daughter, you know, burns her fingertips, she's never like going to be in the kitchen and be like, "I really want to touch this right. stove." It's like, no, I don't want to touch that. So if, if you have a realization of karma, a direct realization, you no longer are even tempted to be dishonest. You're no longer tempted to be, like, demonic. You know what I mean? Because it's like, no, why would I do I don't want to suffer. Why would I? Basically, it's like, you know, it's like just hitting yourself. But, you know, in some ways... I don't have that, by the way, at all. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm focused on is the fact <clears throat> that in this Judeo-Christian society... Yeah. If you are a deep believer in Jesus Christ, yeah. Okay, the tenants say that to be more. I mean, people sometimes toe that <coughs> toe that line yeah. where you you just had this very honest look in your face, like, why would I do that? Why would I? Why would I lie? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I, I view the Bible. It's kind of like always be honest, always. Yeah, you know, right. You know, and 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 so <clears throat> that intrinsically, that is part of the 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 tenets of of, of 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 christian of christian faith but but it they they, they still can't follow through on yeah mean, they, they yeah. still they, it's still hypocritical at the same although i will say my brother-in-law is really damn close yeah you know i mean he's, <laughs> yeah, he's you see some people i mean he's really damn close and i love him because the purity in his heart i mean he has literally yeah. and it's not hokey it's not like yeah, right. where i'm like dude i can't hang out with this guy because i can't fake hanging i can't fake yeah. liking people i don't if i don't like you i'm not gonna hang out with you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? i i love this guy because the purity in his heart is just it, it, it just it exudes it's, it's sort of like why would why would you do something like that like yeah, why right. would you be demonic why would you yeah. it's almost like he's the he's he's void you know, he's probably sad. I'm he's probably savvier than I'm going to give him credit for. Yeah. But you know what? It, 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 it's sort of it's one of those things where I just you know more than anything else, I I I worry a lot about it. Just from a from a practical perspective, you know, so many people they flock <coughs> they flock to these religions to to somehow get this moral you know feeling about you know more comfort and yeah. I, at the end of the day i at the end of the day it comes from yourself yeah i mean you know what i'm saying like i mean isn't that don't you feel that way i mean at the end of, you're going for three years there ain't a god out there's not a god up there that you know you're not going to be praying to god you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you're going to be looking inside yourself mm -hmm. to discover ways of finding more peace i mean is that is that sort of at the at the can we can we get to that at this? Can we get to the crux of it? Is that what you? What, what? Yeah, I mean, what you're, what, what I'm trying to do is have a realization. I'm babbling, so go no, ahead. No, no, what yeah. I'm trying to do is have a realization of the hot stove, so I don't have a desire to touch it anymore. I mean, on the simplest level, that's what it is. What that realization? What other, what, so take the hot stove and, and yeah, yeah. put it into reality. What, what, yeah, what the realization I'm trying to have is the laws of what we call karma and emptiness. Which means that the um, the person out there that's that's yelling at me is not doesn't exist out there um, from their own side. They are coming about because of seeds I planted. If I could have a realization of that, right, a direct realization, a touch the stove realization, I would no longer then be fighting with that person to stop yelling at me. I would stop planting the seeds in my own heart for violence or anger. And then that person would disappear within a month. 
and you can try these experiments. For example, you figure out what you're having the most problem with. Like, for example, um, you know, I had a student come up to me and said, uh, you know, like his wife is always complaining all the time, mm -hmm. you know? So I said, well, find the places that you're complaining or find the places that you're annoying people, like at work, you know? Not with your wife, go someplace else, okay. third party, right? And then stop doing that and dedicate it to, you know, you just think like, I'm gonna not do this and I'm gonna dedicate it to this seed running out and ending in my own life. And you can experiment, and that's the first stage of having starting to have some faith in this law of karma and emptiness. But yeah, you have to study. It's in the, it's in the Jewish teachings. It's in the Christian teachings. It's in the Buddhist teachings. It's, it, you don't have, the religion you're involved in doesn't matter at all. You can even be atheist, um, but you got to you got to study some of the teachings. Go deep into them. And uh, you know, Jesus said you can't get grapes from thistles, right? The the seed you plant is going to be the seed that ripens for you. You can't be mean to people and not have people be mean to you. I mean, it's, it's that simple. You can't lie to people and not have people lie to you. Every time you're dishonest, even if you see, think you get away with it, all that's happening is somebody's going to be dishonest to you. And that's, a, you know, that's the worst feeling. So, you, you, again, you see the whole thing of, like, I should be a better person. I'm going to try to be a better person. It has nothing to do with that. You become a better person because you want because you're hedonistic because you want more pleasure. You see, I mean, on I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm taking it. I'm learning, guys. I'm, okay? I'm, I, I, I don't even I can't even formulate <laughs> words at this point. I mean, uh, no, this uh, is this is great. This is this is this is firebrand. Yeah, you know, this is Jeremiah I mean, Wright right I, here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, on one level, you're just doing it because you want to be happier. And it turns out that you're the most happiest when you're also the kindest, most loving. It's you know. I've been, Why is it so hard to get to that point? Because it's so hard to have. Because I, I swear to you, every time that I do something completely kind, yeah. I feel so fucking. Excuse me, I feel so amazing. Yeah, right. But yet it's so few and far between. Yeah. Because I'm always looking out for what how I can comfort myself. Yeah. And I hear that with my daughter. <coughs> you know, I mean, she's, Daddy, we're always doing what you wanted to. Yeah. You know, I mean, why can't we, you know, and it's like, but then it's, it's, it, that hurts me, but it's like, I, 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 somewhere inside, I'm not, I'm not satisfied, you know, yeah. materialistically, I'm still craving that sort of, the trade and the trade off and the feeling of, and at yeah. the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, yeah. that's where I'm, 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 I mean, at this point, that's where I'm at. I mean, and, and again, I, 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 again, I go back to the point where I look at, at Will Duncan. I mean, this, it feels like. That I, you know, that we've been building up and building up and building up to this point where you're finally on the precipice of doing this thing. Yeah. And I, in 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 my heart, I I I, I am, I don't want to say envious. I just, it it is absolutely antithetical to what I can possibly believe that I that I'm about. I yeah. mean, you don't know and 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 so there's some jealousy from not in, in obviously the purest form yeah, jealousy well, in the purest form yeah it's like how is he how can he do this i mean it's amazing to me i mean it's really i mean and i guess i guess oh, here's here's the thing you are you are in this in the prime of your life whether you believe that or not i mean yeah. you, you know cognitively physically you are in this in this very good stage of your life. For the listeners that can't see me, I'm unbelievably built. Dude, I'm, he I'm is jacked up. Dude, he's got... I'm he's a good-looking guy. He's got a hipster beard. He's looking <laughs> great. He has never looked better. He's got a goiter coming out of his neck. No, no the, thing, the thing is... Uh, are, you, are you at all concerned about events that you could... That you... 
for three years. I mean, that'd be part of my problem is, well, I don't want to miss anything. You yeah. know, I don't want to miss stuff. Yeah. Whatever it is, I don't want to miss something big. And are you worried at all about, or how do you get that? How do you get that out of your head? Yeah, I have no idea. I'll let you know when it's over. Okay. I mean, it's uh, it's tricky. There's but there's stuff that you've obviously d- yeah. thought about. There's a lot of emotion. You, you need a certain level of renunciation to go into a retreat. Renunciation is, is in- just letting go of so much. You know, you let go of all these things, um, and you become dissatisfied with. Uh, you have to have a certain level of dissatisfaction with the world as we know it. For example, when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with ninja supplies. <laughs> right? Throwing stars, nunchucks. I love that stuff. Is there a story that you could pick that stuff yeah, up? Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to go to Porchester Mall. I mean, you know, yeah, awesome. Porchester, yeah. 71. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, you know, like, so, and I love that stuff. And eventually... Um, I think soon after I started kissing girls, I lost interest in ninja supplies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, and now if you show me a ninja catalog, it, at one point I used to like not sleep because I wanted, I was so excited for the ninja catalog to come in the mail. Right. And now I could care less. Right, right. You, you develop that, in order to do something like a three-year retreat, you have to get, develop that kind of thing with the things that people are still excited about. Like Best Buy, right? Anything you can buy at Best Buy or anything, you know, you you become dissatisfied in the same way that I'm no longer interested in ninja supplies. Because you've tasted something um, much more substantial and you become slightly nauseated by things that are insubstantial. And I think a lot of people going into retreat have that kind of nausea towards the things that the rest of the culture is still infatuated with. And without that, you wouldn't last in retreat because you would be missing things. You see what I mean? Like if my parents just told me, like, you're not allowed to see ninja catalogs, I would be stuck on ninja catalogs probably for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I just developed a natural renunciation for that stuff. And um, and be, and I think because I had uh, because I had a, um, a glimpse of something of deeper joy at that time it was girls you know so it's like man ninja supplies aren't so cool anymore I'd rather hang out with girls right um, so you know and and then and then from in the spiritual life the girls get uh, moved over with something even more uh, like um, substantial. And uh, here, the the, the 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 idea here is, you know, you have, um, uh, you know, you're 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 you're, you're uh, you know you're 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 well adjusted. You have a great mind. Um, by all intents and purposes, a, a great relationship. You know, why why would the, this is the question that any average Joe American, and yeah, I'm going right. to ask it to you. You know, being at your physical peak, being at your, you know, being a, a classic person, a, a character, and there's not that many originals out there. And that's one thing that my buddy told me about. He's in the film business in New York. And when, I, when he found out I was doing the radio thing, he's yeah. like, I'm so happy. He's like, there's just not that many originals. And the truth is, you're you, you're an original. Why not? I mean, society says everything dictates that everything says that you should be just settling down you yeah, know just right. kind of creating a, you know you're, you're creating whatever it is you know starting a life yeah. starting your whatever that means you know a real holistic yeah. american life and yet you're <coughs> you're throwing pictures of breckenridge into the fire you yeah know? right like right. you're getting rid of shit yeah and you're it's like is 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 something in is something in you inherently always 
that you never that you never will settle down. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, there's a couple things with that, right? It's like, why am I giving everything up for what? You know, right for what? I mean, yeah. that's really the crux of it. Yeah, and 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 it's uh, a couple of ways to look at it. One, I could just be delusional and making a mistake. Totally possible. I don't buy that though. It's possible. I'll know more when I come out. A friend of mine said I had a prophetic dream that you came out as a uh, total lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that would, I tell you right now, dude, I would support you for the rest of my life dude, just to see that. So that you know. I, I don't know. I don't. You know, I mean, that's the scary thing. It's like, yo, yo, Will's coming out of uh, he's coming out of the hut tomorrow, dude. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like a, three years. You know, the thing. Go ahead. Keep it's going. A, so it's a it's a possibility, you know. But um, but uh, <laughs> you know, why, why are you giving it all up? Or you know, and and again, it, you're, you're not giving it up. I'm saying. But I mean, I mean, I, why, like, why I, am I not settling down, or why am I not like devoting myself it's sort, to it's something? Sort of, it's yeah. sort of like I mean, you have this this life where you you could probably you know you're you're a hot commodity. You could teach, you know, you could do other things. You could find a way to for sustenance and yeah. live, and you have you know you could you could you know to keep working on your relationship, whatever, and moving on in your life and becoming more what a what our Western culture deems normal. Yeah, right. But let me tell you. That that's not, and you can base it off other instances too. Believe me, normalcy is insanity as well. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I'm not saying that I disagree with what you're doing. No, no. But I'm no. trying to get inside of that. Well, yeah, and you answered it really yourself, and um, it's a big experiment. You know, honestly, it's an experiment, and it's an experiment that uh, I never made a decision to do. I was simply drawn to do it. Uh, it. It made perfect sense. It would be like um, I was just simply like you know how some people are drawn to a musical instrument or something. It's not like they decided one morning right. I'm going to play trumpet. They just they just were drawn to trumpet. Uh, I, it's never been the, it's never been a struggle for me. Should I do this crazy retreat or not? Should I spend three years alone or should I not? You know, I ne- that question has never come up for me at all. I never made a decision to do it. It was just simply this natural unfolding that has just blossomed and has always felt right you know uh so i don't have a great answer in terms of why or anything like that other other people do you know this is something that's been percolating though yeah it's for for a long time and when i first heard about the possibility of doing it it was like yeah of course that's what i'm that's what i'm supposed to be there's no i mean you're you're the geisha uh michael yeah uh i mean this is not a litmus test to say that you've now become part of the Holy Grail. I mean, there's nothing along those lines. You know, I sometimes I wonder if he's actually deterring me from doing it. The other day he was driving by me, you know, and the car slowed down and he rolled down the back window. And he said, uh, he said, don't do a retreat. Uh, stay out and make movies. And then he drove away. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other night, I was what having, the heck? That's, that's not. That's not what you. Yeah, okay. And then the other night, I was uh, having dinner with him, and he goes, uh, just out of the blue, he's like, you know, I don't because rem- he did a three-year retreat, and he said, I don't remember anything from my three-year retreat, nothing. I go, certainly, you must have had like a realization or something. He's like, yeah, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember it. Nothing, you know. And a friend oh of mine, oh my god, that's, a friend that's of mine is like, like dude. what is he trying to talk you out of it or like trying to decur- discourage you? But you know, it didn't shake me at all. It's just like you know, it's a. Uh, there's certainly no um, nobody's encouraging me to do the retreat, you know. Uh, it's just this natural. It's just this natural blossoming that I can't quite explain, and it's also a. Um, I feel like I've tasted something, and I long for that taste again. And uh, to me, deep solitude and silence is the way I'm going to try to access that. 
and uh, you know, I it'll be interesting. I mean, you guys get it easy because you, I basically I'm doing the dumb experiment, and you get to like uh, see what happens at the end of it. Well, I well, as far as I'm concerned, we're doing the, we're we're doing the easy, you're doing the heavy lifting. I mean, I you know, for me, you know, my my ability to uh, you know my inability to uh, let go of trying to control things no. is at the crux of my anxiety. <coughs> yeah, and 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 and. and uh, and it bothers me, and, and I, I mean, as much as much as I love my my, my analyst, and and, and, and uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there there there's there's I'm always there's always a lot of self doubt, yeah, and a lot of like for me, I just wouldn't believe that I would be able to actually complete the mission, yeah, you know, I went overseas when I got out of college, and I had like a breakdown, I couldn't finish, yeah. I couldn't complete it. Yeah, you know, and it, that's totally possible for me. I mean, that might happen. I might do uh, six months and freak out, and or I might do six months and feel like I'm done. Right, right, know? right. Like, like, I like, I've tapped I, out. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, and I, or I've, I've, I've experienced what I came to experience, or you know, who knows? And people do that. A friend of mine uh, went in for a three-year retreat, and she came out after a year. And she's like, yeah, I just felt I felt like I was good to go, you know. So who knows? Um, and I might it might be too hard. So. I tell you, the the biggest struggle was getting the house built and getting to this point, uh, getting uh, all the money raised, and, and and building the house has been insanely difficult because of the place where we have to build and many you many had obstacles. No, you you literally built the house by yourself? No, I had uh, I hired a guy to frame it and stuff. Oh, I remember the, that. Yeah, that he was, yeah. he was he was kind of lollygagging on it for a while. Yeah, but uh, so and and I've just been doing a lot of the finishing work with with. Um, invaluable help from everybody yeah i mean people from nowhere have been showing up at the right time so it's completely inaccurate to say i built it but um i've just overseen the whole uh, overseen the whole thing and you know it's been a, it's been it pushed me to my edge for sure uh, because we're dealing with real intense time restrictions and amazingly difficult building location uh, there's no way to get out there without a, a heavy duty four-wheel drive uh, which I don't have, so a lot of times I'm carrying in material on a, in this crazy backpack I build, or you know, there's just been a lot of difficulties, a lot of obstacles have arisen, and uh, I've gotten to this point. So even if I go in for six months, to me, I feel like uh, I, I, I've accomplished something. How are people? Uh, you'll have your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, wait, 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 of course wait. I'll keep Facebook. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but where, I'm where, not crazy. Here, the rapid fire. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Um, are you allowed to have instruments? Uh, you know, my teacher said to, that I should bring in an instrument, but I should not play it for the first year and a half. Because the tendency with something like a musical instrument is to use it to like um, distract yourself or to reduce anxiety or reduce loneliness. And he says you want to kind of really go into that, right? And and let it uh, simmer and let you know let it cook you. And then he said, after a year and a half or so, you'll know when you're using it in a way that's not beneficial, and you'll know when you're using it in a way that's beneficial. I, I told, so, so the idea is that you could walk, <coughs> the, the, the reality is you walk out of after three years and you're like, I don't think there's any challenge that I couldn't, I couldn't handle it after that. I mean, yeah, that, is I that, know, is that kind of Is that kind of what people... Is I that, think I would still be challenged by most things, but, but I will tell you that some people go into a three-year retreat and just kind of space out the whole time. And just kind of keep themselves distracted with books or with writing or with hobbies, 
and then they come out and it's just a waste of time yeah i don't I, that yeah, yeah that then then then, then it's, and it's then it happens it happens all it happens so you know it's it's the it, once you get into that thing it's your you have to be strict with yourself you have to be disciplined with yourself so so some music and i'm 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 going to try my best to use it in a, a very careful way is there was there any uh, the I couldn't think of a better time to be going into seclusion, being in the in the state of that just yeah. this 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 environment that we're in, you know, did that play a role? I mean, are are you sort of affected? I, I, you sort of talked about the Best Buy and the the cookie cutter environment yeah. that we live in. I mean, was, was that did that sort of just push you? Was that an an incentive just that just put you right over the? the top the idea that you're just dissatisfied even though you're surrounded by people of like mind yeah you know more often than not you try to surround yourself with people that that, that you agree with yeah but you're dissatisfied with with with, with human with and, and you and maybe after three years you'll, you'll come out and things might be a little bit yeah and tweaked. when i say i'm dissatisfied there's a two levels of that one level I, i'm i'm absolutely delighted with everything i mean i go to best buy i could spend all day in there Really? It, yeah. It's not like I'm, and I could just like, oh, I would love to have that. I'm not like dissatisfied. Yeah. Like uh, I don't want things, you know. I'm not dissatisfied with relationships. I love shopping. I love sugar. I love sex. I mean, I love all of that stuff, you know. It's like it's there, but there's also underneath that there's this deeper yearning, which is insatiable. I have this. I feel like I've tasted something much deeper, and it's left me with this uh, slight dissatisfaction for those things. Doesn't mean I'm not fascinated by them. I'm fascinated by possessions. I mean, you know, I, sometimes I dream about it. if I didn't go on a retreat, I'd get the, the newest computer and I'd do all this movie editing. You know, I, I love things. So it's not like I'm. I'm not this guy that's like oh, I don't like things and you know it's all bad. And, well, I love that stuff. Uh, but there's something in me that's longing and yearning for something more substantial. Well, what, okay, but before we leave, <coughs> what, 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 what is that? What is that? What could it? Because I know you. I, I, everything you said at this point it, it hits home. What is something more substantial? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I did a, recently. I did a 40-day silent, solitary retreat. You and, did, yeah, and it's difficult. It's really. You, I, I would 40 wow. days, and you know, no oh, books or yeah. anything, and just meditating all day. I mean, I'd wake up and I'd look at my meditation cushion, and I would dry heave. <laughs> I believe it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm it not was like that. it was like the last thing I want. You know, it was difficult, and uh, but something happened. For all the whole, I mean, the whole day you were meditating. Yeah. And uh, you know, little breaks. Doesn't that become yoga and deep, stuff like that? Does that does that become uh, uh, like sort of like the instrument, like where you you feel like it's not it's it's becoming counterproductive? Did that ever come to come to play? It can it, it can become counterproductive because you loathe it. So yeah. Therefore, no. your your mind is not in, in really great. Yeah, and you got to watch it. And there's certain techniques and stuff you okay. deal with. But but the main thing was one, one thing that happens. One thing that happened for me in my mind is I started everything. There it was almost like this fog that was over my life, everything right, and that fog started to lift, and it was like it was like high definition. It was like for the first time, I was, I, I, my whole life was like this fuzzy black and white TV. And I started to see things in high definition for the first time. And the clarity of my mind, the clarity of my emotional life, the clarity of even colors and sounds and every, it just became vibrant and, and remarkable. 
and then the 40 days ended, you know, and I did this in uh, Bowie, Arizona, and I, I went, got in my car, and first thing I did was I drove to the diner in Wilcox, Arizona, and I got some eggs and potatoes, you know, and I could just feel really slowly this fog coming back over. Really? Yeah, and it was like slowly the high definition was going back to like... Unbelievable. And that's that's where I'm at now. I'm back in the black and white, like low definition, you know? High def in, in the sense, that, in the idea that all your senses were working at these peak levels. Because, I mean, you weren't in, getting a lot of stimulation no, I mean, in, it's, it's in, in your one, mind. In one sense, it's sensory, but in another sense, it's like it's a deeper thing than that. It's like a... Um, there's a substantialness. That's the only way I know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's a substantialness to a, a life in that, in that you, you're touching something at its core. And then when I come out of that and I just uh, distract myself with all the sounds and stuff, that substantialness become, fades. And then I become insatiable. I just always want more. And, I, you know, why is the day after Christmas like the biggest shopping day of the year when we've just gotten more, you know, most kids in America have gotten like more than anything they've gotten all year. And they just we just want more. You just I just I just for the listeners, I'm sure you've tuned off by now. But <laughs> the, the reality is this. What he just hit on is the idea that the more you break, the more you break you strip everything away the more high def things become okay <laughs> yet the more you know what i'm trying to say like the the, the more substantial you use the word substantial yeah you use the word substantial i think of my my vinyl collection as substantial yeah, okay right, yeah. because it's like it's like hardy and yeah. it's like and i can flip through and i can use my fingers and i can be physical with it you yeah. know but yet what will is saying is you strip that away and you become totally aware of what you are at the core that is substantial yeah. that's layered and the minute you go back into the the quote unquote regular society when you think you have a substantial life yeah. it's actually void of everything i mean i think that's the reality you yeah. said the day after christmas is the biggest day of shopping it's like that's trying to make it's, it's it's a medication. It's trying to make people yeah. feel better. Well, and we um, and when we when we engage in all of that activity, you know, of things and stuff, we become uh, we become uh, thirsty, more right? And, and, more and, thirsty. and then your mouth gets dry again, yeah, and you yeah. need to get more and yeah. more. Wow. So that's that's it ah, in a nutshell. Holy. Now now, Jake, uh, the the thing you probably really want to ask me is if I could bring in one piece of vinyl, what would I bring in? Well, I, yeah, that was good. we were going to get to that. If 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 uh, well, I was going to ask you who's going to collect your mail. <laughs> oh, I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. I knew that was coming. I, I knew need that. To, I need to figure it out. I got a lot of stuff to figure out. In the well, next you should get a peel box. You get, I have or PO something box. along. And I got I got to get somebody to willing to look after all that. Why don't you? Why don't My you, taxes, all that stuff. Okay, so. And I have I have a couple of people that have offered. And okay, stuff, okay. Yeah, well, so if you need the mail thing, I can handle that. Oh, I love right. mail, so I yeah, can hold yeah. that for you. <laughs> the, the the thing is, so if okay, any the what, what yeah, what would be the stacks the stacks label? If you had any stacks album, what would you, yeah. what, would you what, what would you bring with you? No, you know what I would. You know, I th- I think um, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like it's a classic desert island thing, you know. Yeah. It is so classic Desert yeah. Island. <laughs> it's the closest thing to a Desert yeah. Island. I think I'd, I think uh, top on the list would be Axis Bold as Love. What year? Jimi Hendrix. Okay, okay. So we're like it's late, a, late it's a, Say a, it again. What's the name of the uh, album? Axis Bold as Love. It's a it's a it's a freaking great album. Wow, I've never heard of that one. It's a it's beautiful. It's a complete album. You know. Right. Um, and then also on a totally different genre, 
I would get uh, Aretha Franklin's double Amazing Grace album. What year did that come out? I don't know. I'm not good with years, but it was her tribute to her gospel upbringing. You okay, know? so it was probably like early 60s or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that woman is unbelievable. So, you know, but yeah, and then there's some great uh, Radiohead Amnesiac. I think there's some great albums out there. But yeah, Access Boulder's Love is still pretty high up there for me. If I, uh, <coughs> I think, I think I want to end on this note is that if, well, I mean this, you know, when you come, if you make it for three, three and three. Yeah. Okay. Three years, three months, and three, three days. I love that concept. I, <laughs> so I sold those it. last three days are going to be such a bit. just insane. I did, for the record, I'll hate, I'll hit some of that by the way. The, the, just for the record, I sold a, a, a piece of vinyl the other day with Andy Warhol cover art. Yeah, for three hundred and thirty-three dollars. No, did I, really? I did three thirty-three. Yeah, it was such a good vibe because it gave me that's one month of more radio, yeah, more yeah, ideas, yeah, more yeah, therapy, yeah. but. Uh, the, the 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 thing is I I I I wanna I I believe that you will I, I want you to do the best you can do. Yeah. And and I, I, I want you to um, be true to yourself and, and but if you make it through the whole time I really hope that my radio show is still going too. Yeah, we'll do we gotta do a pre and post. We do a pre and post and and I, I you know Something my gut will, and I've been trusting my gut. Every, when you have kids, after a while, you, you once you have a kid, or you know, when you have a family, you don't have much else except your gut. Yeah. And and my gut tells me that that there'll be a point at about the six to eight month range where you're gonna say, I I think I'm done. Yeah. Right. And 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 then all of a sudden, it's you're actually gonna. Find go. You're gonna you're gonna go to that next level. Yeah, right. And and you're gonna do it for the whole. I, I feel that in yeah. my very strongly. Uh, you're 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 a completist. And uh, if my radio show is still on at that time, it's gonna be very hard not to see you. For that. I mean, I don't see you barely at all. Yeah. But even you know, you just have to know that your spirit will be with me. I will always play your stuff on my radio show. <laughs> okay. I will have your voice on the radio, and. Um, and I, I just I can't wait to meet back up again. You know, in three, I really think that it's going to be. We'll see where we're both at in, yeah. in that time. It's going to be interesting. Thanks for having me, Jake. It was a pleasure. Will. All right. All right, man. Good night. <laughs>